Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. Come on now. It is Friday. Come on. We made it. We made it. You know, it's Friday. Motivational Friday is here. You know, Freedom Friday, whatever you want to call it today. You know, God is good. God is wonderful. And, and we are in First Chronicles 19. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this is the day that you have made. I thank you for your word, Father God. I pray that you will speak to us. Let it be you and not us, Father. I thank you in advance, my Lord God, what you're doing, what you have going to be doing, Father God, in our homes, in our family, in our nation. I thank you and I give you all the praise and the glory. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. All right, stretch if you need to. All right, my lovely Sandra with the word. Okay, good morning. I am reading out of the NIV version, First Chronicles uh, chapter 19, starting with verse 1. It says, In the course of time, Nahash, king of the Ammonites, died, and his son succeeded him as king. David thought, I will show kindness to Hanan, son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent a delegation to express his sympathy to Hanan concerning his father. When David's men came to Hanan in the land of the Ammonites to express sympathy to him, the Ammonite nobles said to Hanan, do you think David is honoring your father by sending men to express, to express sympathy? Haven't his men come to you to explore and spy out the country and overthrow it? So Hanan seized David's men, shaved them, cut off their garments in the middle at the buttocks, and sent them away. When someone came and told David about the men, he sent messengers to meet them, for they were greatly humiliated. The king said, stay in Jericho till your beards have grown, and then come back. When the Ammonites realized that they had become a stench in David's nostrils, Hanan and the Ammonites sent a thousand talents of silver to hire chariots and charioteers from Aram, Naharayam, Aram, Makar, and Zoba. They hired um, 32,000 chariots and charioteers as well as the king of Makar with his troops who came and camped near Medaba. While the Ammonites were mustered from their towns and moved out for battle. On hearing this, David sent Joab out with the entire army of fighting men. The Ammonites came out and drew up in battle formation at the entrance to their city, while the kings who had come were by themselves in the open country. Joab saw that there were battle lines in front of him and behind him. So he selected some of the best troops in Israel and deployed them against the Arameans. 
He put the rest of the men under the command of Abishai, his brother, and they were deployed against the Ammonites. Joab said, if the Arameans Arameans are too strong for me, then you are to rescue me. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I'll rescue you. Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of, of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Then Joab and the troops with him advanced to fight the Arameans, and they fled before him. When the Ammonites saw that the Arameans were fleeing, they too fled before his brother Abishai and went inside the city. So Joab went back to Jerusalem. After the Arameans saw that they had been routed by Israel, they sent messengers and had Arameans brought from beyond the river with Shapak, the commander of Hadadezer, army leading them. When David was told of this, he gathered all Israel and crossed the Jordan. He advanced against them and formed his battle lines opposite them. David formed his lines to meet the Arameans in battle, and they fought against him. But they fled before Israel, and David killed 7,000 of their charioteers and 40,000 of their foot soldiers. He also killed Shapak, the commander of their army. When the vassals of Hadadezer saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they made peace with David and became subject to him. So the Arameans were not willing to help the Ammonites anymore. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Let's get let's get into this this particular chapter. You know, this particular chapter has, you know, the, the Israel, you know, at the they are being 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 shown a, a force by by their enemies, you know, and, and he has a lot of things about what the enemy how the enemy thinks. And you know, and he starts off, it starts off that it happened that after Hanash, the king of the people of Amman, died. That his son reigned, so his his son took the throne at this particular time. He was in charge, and and David and David, you know, when he heard about this, because uh, David had a good heart, you know, he said, "I will show kindness to Hanan, the son of Nashesh, because his father has shown kindness to me." So David sent messages to comfort him. So so David, you know, his heart was in the right place. He wanted to comfort this young man that just became king and his father, you know, his father died. So, you know, he's, he's, he said, I'm going to, I want to, I want to send him, you know, the comfort. And why was he sending this comfort? Uh, I believe that uh, while David was running from King Saul earlier on, that, that this king, you know, comforted him, that this king met some of his needs. So David then never forgot the kindness that was shown to him. You know, and that's why it's important that we show kindness to those who, who have shown kindness to that. We will remember them. And David did. And guess, and, and look what happens. And in verse three, he says, and the princess of the people of Amman said to Hanan, do you really think, do you really think, bringing doubt, do you really think that David really wants to comfort us? You know, you know, do you really think that's happening? Or, or is it that he's sending people to spy on us, that he's sending people to see what we have, to sending people to look at us, to see, you know, if they're our weak points, you know. So these leaders, you know, what they did, they actually brought doubt to this young king. They put doubt in his in his ears. He says, do you think, 
you know, and that's nothing new. That's nothing new because even in the beginning, back in Genesis 3, 1, when the serpent uh, was, was there with, with Eve, you know, in, uh, in 3, verse 1, he says that the, the enemy said to Eve, has God indeed said you shall not eat? You know, so he brought doubt. That's what the enemy does. The enemy wants to, you know, cause division, cause havoc by bringing doubt, you know, and, and also in, in Genesis 3, 4, it says, you shall not die. So he's bringing lies. And that's what the enemy does. He brings doubt. He brings lie. He brings confusion. So therefore, you know, the, this particular young man, now he's he's fighting this thing that, that they're sharing with him, you know, and he says, therefore, you know, you know, after he heard all this stuff from, from his leaders, from his princes, he said, you know, in verse four, he said, therefore, Hannah took David's servants, shaved them. Come on now. He shaved them. He didn't give them a chance. He didn't, he didn't you know, he could have sent them away and say, no, I don't receive this. You know, go back to your king. I'm good. You know, I don't trust you. But no, he shaves them. You know, he, he, he tears up their clothes. You know, they were humiliated them. And especially when they when they shave their beards, when they shave that 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 for for a Jew, that's very humiliating, you know. You know, and and he says, and he says in verse in verse five, it says, and some and some went and told David. So in other words, word got to David of what had happened to his servants, you know, because his servants were not there, because they were greatly ashamed. In verse five, you know, and and the king said to them, you know, so David heard. David went went to them, you know, because he says there that David, David, you know, that, that that David said to them, wait at Jericho until your beards have grown. In other words, wait until you are over this, wait until your beards have grown. That way there's no shame. That way that you don't have to feel, you know, what that has happened to you, that somebody's gonna look down on you. You know, he says, stay there. So he was showing compassion because back then you know as as when you have servants you know pretty much they they, they they believe us that you protect your servants you protect those that work for you you stand up for them and this is what David was doing David was telling them okay guys you rest over here you know I'm gonna take care of this you know what I mean and what happened in verse six when the people of Obama saw that they have themselves being uh repulsive to David so in other words, that David heard, you heard what happened and David was upset. Now, didn't you think about this before you did this? Didn't you think about the consequences when you're going to shave somebody's head, you're going to cut their clothes off to their buttocks. I mean, they were halfway naked running down the road. You know, that is disgrace. That is shameful. And don't you think somebody's going to say something about that? You know, that's like taking my child and taking down, taking off their pants and whipping them and sending them home like that. How do you think I'm going to feel? You know, so therefore, you know, so, so, you know, David was upset. And when they heard about this, you know, they sent the thousands talents of silver to hire themselves chariots. So they didn't even have a, a war party yet. They didn't even have an army yet. And they're doing this craziness. And now they got to spend money. We got to hire somebody, you know, because David is upset, you know, because David's going to come, we, you know, so we got to hire somebody. You know, and, and and all of this was going on, which just shows you sometimes how the enemy is, that he does all this crazy stuff. And he doesn't care about consequences. They don't care about consequences. They, they just want to bring havoc, you know. And in verse 7, it says, so they hire themselves 32,000 chariots. 
you know, from the king of monarch and, and his people that came and encamped before them. So they hired all of this stuff, you know. So they were getting ready for battle now. They were getting ready for battle. And, so, and in verse 8, and when David heard it, he sent Joab and, his, and the, all the army of the mighty men. David did not waste time. David, as soon as he heard what was going on, he took action. You know, he took action. He got his, his army together and sent them off. That's why it's so important that we are ready, my brothers and sisters, because we never know when the storm is going to hit. We never know when something's going to happen. It says in 2 Timothy, you know, uh, 4.2, it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. You know, just because it might be a peaceful time, that doesn't mean that you can, you're not getting ready. You are getting ready 24-7. You know, that's what the military always told you. You got to be ready. If the bell rings, you pretty much have to have your bags packed and better go out the door. Because I remember when I was in, there were many times that we were in, in, in situations that they told us, be ready. So I had to have things lined up. And the same way as believers, we have to be ready because he says there again, 2 Timothy uh, 4 2, he says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season to convince, rebuke, to exhort with long sufferings and teachings. In other words, be ready to give word, be ready to speak out if you need to, you know, be ready to uh, for whatever comes your way. And it says here in verse 9, and the people, you know, of Ammon came out. And put themselves in battle array. In other words, they got ready in precision. You know, for some guys, you know, they're going to have their fists up. These guys, they were set up in, in battle array. They probably have the shields up. They probably have the spears ready to go. They were ready to fight. And it says there, when, in verse 10, when Joab saw the battle line that was driven against him before and after. So he was on both sides of him, on both sides of Israel. You know, there was the, the, the armies were there, you know, and and, and again, Joab, you know, he, he, he was a unique individual, but he was he was a warrior. He was a man of war, you know, and uh, and when he saw the Ammonites were on one on one side and the Syrians on the other side, you know, he went into action himself. He went into action himself, you know, and he may have, it may have looked impossible for Israel to have the victory because they were surrounded. It's kind of hard to win a battle when you when you're getting it on both sides. But look what he does. He says in verse in verse eleven, and the rest, you know, he says, he, and the rest of the people he put under his command of, of Abishai, his brother, and they set themselves in battle array, you know. So they set themselves, even though it would look it look hard. He said he got his brother. He said him, you take care of this side. I'm going to take care of this side. And he said to him, if the Syrians are too strong for me, you come and help my side. And vice versa, if the, uh, the, the uh, Ammonites are too strong for you, I will come and help you. So Joab was encouraging. Joab was, you know, if, if he was nervous and everything, he wasn't showing it. He wasn't showing it. You know, he was saying, he's saying, you got this. We got this. Sometimes things may look bad, you know, but, but he says, but you know, we got this. We can make this. It may look right now sometimes in our own personal lives, you know, that we are going through something and it may look impossible. It may look that there's no answer. You know, God is more than able to take us through whatever situation we may be facing. God is able to take us through, through whatever 
situation we might be facing. We just need to continue to trust him. In Luke 137, it says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. You know, Joab could have looked at that and say, oh, man, oh, well, what am I getting into? I'm surrounded. But no, he went into action. Also, in Matthew 19, 26, it says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. For with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. If we constantly put the Lord in front of everything that we do, you know, if we constantly go to him, you know, he'll make things work out. You know, it may not look like it's working out, but we have to have faith. And that's what, and that's, that's our belief. We believe in God by faith. Nobody has seen God, but by faith, we trust in him. By faith, we believe in his word, you know. But what, look what he says in verse 13, Joab says, be of good courage, you know. So he was encouraging and let us be strong for our people. So you're not only fighting for yourself, but you're fighting for our people, for your families. So he was encouraging and for the cities of our God. So our God, so he's mentioning God, you know, and, and say, and may the Lord do what is good in his sight. May the Lord do what is good. So again, you know, if Job was worried or nervous, he didn't show it, but he encouraged. He encouraged. Sometimes we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Come on. Sometimes we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. When, you know, when we read and we study the word of God, it just builds us up and reminds us this God that we serve, that he is able, you know, to meet our needs. And it goes into verse 14 and it says, look, it says, so Joab and the people who were with him drew near, you know, for the battle against the Syrians and they fled before him. They fled before him. So they stood in their position, you know, the Syrians, you know, they, they probably were not expecting such an aggressive move from Joab and from Israel. You know, the way that they went into the battle, the way that they stood, you know, sometimes, you know, all you need to do is just stand. And that's what Joab did. He got the guys in position, facing both sides, and they stood. And they were ready, and they were ready to whatever comes comes near them. And that's why in Ephesians 6.13, in Ephesians 6.13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand an evil day, because evil days are among us, evil days are still coming, you know, but take out the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, having done all that you can do to stand, sometimes we just need to stand and hold our ground. We need to stand for the Lord. We need to stand for the word, you know, and that's what they did. And they stood and guess what? And the enemies fleed, you know, and again, and in here, in verse 15, it says, and when the people of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fleeing, so these people were fleeing already, they, were, they, they took off, they took off, they also fled, you know, they also got scared because, you know, sometimes it just takes one to run away and everybody else follows, you know. Because the enemy, our enemy, you know, he's already defeated. A lot of times all we need to do is just stand. The word of God says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Flee means running away scared. That's what, you know, it doesn't mean that he just walked away. You know, one of those things. He says that he fleed, you know. So when he said, so when the Syrians were fleeing, they also flee. 
before Abishai, his brother, you know, and then they went into the city and locked themselves up. <laughs> they went into the city and they, they were scared. They didn't know what to do, you know. And when the Syrians in verse 16 saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they sent messengers. Come on now. They sent messengers, you know. The, the Syrians, you know, they, they, they sent messengers, you know, to be on the rivers, you know, to bring more guys, to bring more, more uh, on, on their side. So they were already, already defeated. This is what, what's the craziness sometimes, that our enemy, you know, even though he's defeated, he continues to fight. He continues to, to fight us. He continues to, to do his thing. And that's why we always need to be ready, because here he was defeated, you know, but yet again, he didn't, he didn't run away. He called for more people. He called for more resources. He called for more to uh, get themselves together to attack, to attack again. You know, they didn't learn the first time. They didn't learn by being defeated already. Common sense would tell you, why don't we stop? Why don't we you know, try to fix this? You know, why, why are we going to let more people die? You know, but no, they decided that they were going to send for more people. And look what happens in verse 17. And when he was told David, he gathered all Israel across the, the Jordan and came upon them and set up a battle array against them. So when David had set up his battle array against the Syrians, they fought with him. So again, David at this point, you know, Joab did the battle. Joab was there. You know, the enemy was defeated. They flee. Joab decided to, you know, after this, you know, back in verse 15, it says that Joab, went to Jerusalem. Joab did, his, Joab did his part, and he says, the battle is done. I'm going back to Jerusalem. And then when David heard about this, you know, he put it much probably said to himself, enough is enough. I'm tired of this. I'm going to handle this myself. You know, that's, that's Pop Hernandez's version of it. I'm going to take care of this myself. And he said, you know, and, and he took charge of the army and went against the Syrian army. Then the Syrian army fled before Israel, and David killed, David killed 7,000 chariots and 40,000 foot soldiers. What a price. 40,000 foot soldiers of the enemy fell that day, fell that day, and their commander also fell that day, you know. So David, you know, he stood his ground. David fought against the enemy and defeated this combined army. Whatever it is that you may be facing today, know that your God, who has never been defeated, is on your side. Your God has never been defeated. It says in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. Hold your peace. We need to hold our peace while the Lord is taking care of our business, while the Lord is doing what he needs to do. You know, sometimes, you know, like I said before, sometimes all you need to do is stand. You stand and you stand upon the word and you pray. And you give God the glory because in Psalms 144, 1 and 2, it says, blessed be the Lord, my rock, the Lord, my rock. That means my strength, the Lord, my rock, you know, and it says there, 
who trains my hands. So the Lord has trained our hands and our fingers for battle. So the Lord has equipped us. The Lord will equip you with the word, with the word. You speak out the word. And in verse two, it says, because for he is my loving kindness. He is my fortress. That's our God. Our God is our fortress, you know. So whatever we're facing, you know, he is our fortress. He is our high tower, your tower, you know. You know, he is my deliverer. He is our deliverer. You know, he is our shield. He's going to protect us. He's going to be with us. And the one of whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. In other words, he got this. The Lord has this. He has you. He has you. And, and, and we have to understand that here, the enemy didn't stop. And this is history. We're reading history. You know, the enemy didn't stop. You know, he got defeated and he goes and gets more to attack you again, to destroy you. But guess what? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. No weapon from against us will prosper. So therefore, we have to know the word, to declare the word. You know, in, in today's world, you know, when you look around us, you know, Israel finds themselves in conflict again. Come on, let's be real. They find themselves in conflict again. Many have been killed. Many families have been destroyed. But guess what? Israel will prevail. Israel will prevail. And our responsibilities our sons and daughters of the Most High God, we need to pray for them. We need to uplift them because the Word of God says, I will bless those that bless thee and I will curse those that curse you. So we have to stand with Israel. We have to pray for Israel because that is our duty as believers. Come on. You know, you know this, is, this is real life today. This is real life today. And God has never forsaken us. God has never forsaken Israel. God has always been there and God will continue to be there, you know, and God is here for you. So again, I say, whatever it is that we're going through, whatever battle we might be facing today, whatever it's physical, mentally, you know, uh, spiritually, financially, if it's my kids that are driving me crazy, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, surrender it to the Lord. You know, and said, Lord, I'm going to rest in your word. I'm going to rest in your promises. I'm going to rest in what you have given me. Because the word of God says that he doesn't give us anything that we cannot handle. We can handle whatever life brings. Why? Because you already have been created to do that. Because he is with us. He is with us. And he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. So let's learn you know, from here that, you know, that there are times that we have to be ready for action. There are times that we have, you know, we have to be prepared. You know, you cannot wait till the last minute to get prepared. You got to get prepared now, you know, get, get yourself into the work, get yourself into one of the groups, you know, get yourself at the back into studying what God has given you to do, you know, and he will help you. He will keep you. He will direct you. He will give you peace that surpasses understanding. And who today doesn't need that peace? Come on. Who today doesn't need that peace? Peace that surpasses understanding. In other words, you could be in the middle of the fire, you could be in the middle of the storm and still have his peace. Still have his peace. Why? Because he is with you. He dwells within you. And he says, 
I am here and I will help you. And that's what he did. And you can see how he helped Israel, you know, how he helped Israel in this battle array when they did the precision, how he got them together. And even though the enemy had all these people, all these men, all these chariots that they got, and guess what? They were still defeated because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And when the Lord is on our side, who can stand against us? Nothing can stand against the Lord. Nothing can. Governments can. World nations can't. They may think that they are, you know, and things may look a little bit not too good out there. But guess what? We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, we put our faith in God. We put our faith in the word. We put our faith in his promises. And his promises says that I win. His promises says that the victory is mine, that deliverance is mine, that the breakthrough is mine. And why is it mine? Because I'm declaring it. I'm decreeing it. I am speaking it out. Speak life over yourself. Speak life over your family. Speak life over your children. Speak life over your situation. Whatever it is, speak the word of God. Speak the word of the Lord because that breakthrough is yours. That breakthrough is already yours in Christ Jesus. Word of God says that you have not because you ask for not. It is not time for us to be sleeping. It is not time for us to be laying down. It is time for us to stand and declare the word of the Lord, you know, and God is going to come through for you. And you know what? And for some of us, he's already coming through. For some of us, our answers will be done before six o'clock tonight. Our answers probably be done before tomorrow night. I don't know when it's coming, but you know what? I have to believe that it's coming. You know, that's why I can rejoice because it is coming. It is coming. It is coming. You know, your breakthrough, it's coming. You just have to believe, have to hold on. You have to stand and you got to speak the word of the Lord. Well, I got through what? 10 sheets of paper. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I made it through. And I didn't even have to read no long, long names that I can't even pronounce. I have enough problems with English. You know what I'm saying? And I got to read all these crazy names in here. But, you know, God is on the move, my brothers and sisters. I so enjoy sharing with you the word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be able to do this. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. The best is yet to come. Hopefully, I'll be seeing some of you on Sunday night. You know, for the freedom thing that is going on, you know. So hopefully I'll see you guys. Anyway, we'll see each other soon. The best yet to come. Let us pray. Father God, I just praise you and thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God, because your word shows us, Father, that you love your people. You love your children, Father. You will never forsake him. You will never abandon them. And just like you came through for David, just like you came through for Israel, you're going to come through again. With all the stuff that is happening, Father, we're going to trust you, not man, but trust you, Father, because you have the last saying in all this. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. For you deserve it all, Father. I pray that you will bless everyone that is hearing, everyone that is watching, that you will bless their homes, their family, whatever the need is, Father, that you will just meet that. If there's healing, Father, I pray for healing. I send the word of healing right now to them, that you will just heal 
heal, restore, make new again. Father, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy, Father. And I, Father, and I just ask all this, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, guys, God bless you. Thank you again for allowing me to share with you this morning. Get ready for Sunday. Come on. Let's see what the Lord has in store for us, because I know that your victory is at hand. God bless.